Welcome to the Stories Behind the Stars podcast. In this podcast, we interview researchers who are finding and telling the stories of individual World War II fallen heroes. Welcome to the podcast. Tonight, I have Emily Ritter. Okay, will you take a second and introduce yourself? Okay, I am Emily Ritter, of course. Um, I am the D-Day database manager. So how did you get involved or why are you doing this? Like, cause I mean, you were telling me earlier, like you work a lot of hours. And so what makes you want to do this, to volunteer, to, to, to make this happen? Um, well, I started this for certain circumstances I had going on, um, with everything shut down, I couldn't do my other volunteering stuff. So, you know, I was watching documentaries and happened to you know I love history so when I saw this I was like okay history you know good thing you know I could always learn more and the the other thought was um these are gold star families which I have close tie to because I am a gold star family myself and my last somebody in the Afghanistan war um from cancer um so it kind of hit home that you know like today we have gold star memorials we have gold star you know ceremonies and it just really got me thinking because back then they didn't have all that stuff that we have nowadays and some people probably don't know what goes on today for a lot of gold star families also but uh you know it was kind of my way you know I'm speaking out for my uncle you know here and there and what better way than to do that with others who didn't have that opportunity who don't get their name said out loud and honor their sacrifice, their hard work, especially to honor their families who went through a lot. Because that is a hard part, too, that most people overlook. It is part of that sacrifice. Yeah, the, the ones left behind have to keep on living, and they have to keep on going. Like My grandfather lost his son in World War II. My great-grandfather, so it was my great-uncle. And he came to live with us before he passed away. And every day he'd look at the picture of his son on the, on the stand on his nightstand and in his uh, Navy uniform. And just like, I'm going to see him soon someday. And so like, you know, he was 96 when he died. So that's a long time of, you know, having to live with that, that grief that doesn't get recognized as a sacrifice or it's part of this heroic or big life event that happens so i hear you there like that's that's part of big reason why we write these stories is to honor the families that lost these these young men and women so tell me about uh do you have background in database management or is this all new to you um well my degree is in business business administration so i'm used to the computers I mean, once again, I graduated college in like 09. So a lot's changed for sure since then. Um, but computers just, I, I'm just good with that. I'm good with managing, you know, scheduling and creating sheets for this or that. And um, of course, you know, the army life, you know, as a volunteer, it's a lot of paperwork, which I can't get out of. So, I mean, it's, it just kind of, I didn't mind the paperwork. It was more of the, what I was doing with it. You know, I was helping get stories out. I was helping 
you know, even meeting new people, which is not such a bad idea, you know, especially with COVID. Um, but I knew it can be hard work, but what the behind the hard work and the database was, it wasn't just names, it was people. I really love that. You know, it's, there's a reason for the hard work and it's worth it. So um, I, I really, I was talking, I did a podcast with Jenna uh, and she was telling me like, yeah, I kind of knew a little bit about computers, but nothing really like about database. And to me to just take on, like, I don't know everything, but I know enough. It just embodies the spirit of a lot of these World War II soldiers is going in and doing these things where they don't they're not experts at flying planes or navigating things but they know enough and they're going to make it happen it's it's kind of like you know carrying on that spirit of ingenuity and and you know perseverance <laughs> so i think it's inspiring to hopefully our listeners to be like hey look i don't know everything but that's okay i know enough so exactly do you have any uh stories that you kind of picked up along your journey of doing all these you know managing all these different names that you found intriguing you'd like to share with us um there are um of course there's there are so many stories and unfortunately a lot of stories they were all younger men so some of the stories that we could find probably we didn't just because there wasn't a whole lot of information um the one that really kind of got to me the most would have to be Billy Immer. Um, he was in Indiana D-Day, of course. Um, but their unit, he was with the uh, 16th Division. And just in one day, they lost three officers and 60 enlisted. I mean, just within one day. I mean... According to our story, which Gene wrote, you know, um, he he was a carpenter, you know, he I mean, was a hardworking guy before the, the war. And to think that, you know, he joined this for this fight, which is a big deal. And then have a unit have so much loss. It, it kind of reminds me of the Bedford boys. They lost. um I can't remember exactly how many. I think it was like almost 20 in one day in just Bedford, Virginia alone. You know, that's that story just you don't need the extra details because it's it's a major loss and it's a story in itself. You know, it really shows in any of the stories for any of the units, you know, it wasn't just one guy from one unit. It was several guys, one unit, one town. And I think that's what really speaks for all the stories combined, whether it be one story or two. So did you do research on D-Day names in Indiana because that's where you're from or is that what pulls you to, to do those? Well, I just kind of did any that really needed to be done that writers either didn't have time for um, I really don't like to pick one because then you get comfortable in that. So like um, today I was trying to find a Navy guy and unfortunately I had to ask Lee Braswell for help because there's so many different names that go with this. Um, and it, it, it does get a little overwhelming. 
because you don't want to miss those fine details. You don't want to miss if they had a wife or especially if they had a child. You know, you want to get those special early life moments that are so hard in this generation since it was so long ago to capture those, especially in a story. And so the records, how has how has navigating those really old records been? Is it is it pretty challenging? Is it like detective work? Like, what's your insight onto that? I think it's a little bit of detective work and a little bit of determination, to be honest. Um, it, some things you can find easily. Most of the time, if you find it too easily, usually it's not correct. Or you can go into something for eight hours, you know, like the one I had earlier, you know, there's multiple different people with the same name. And that's where a lot of the more time comes into it because it is, you know, you don't want to get that wrong person. So it, it's really just depending on who is doing the research. Um, like on our D-Day Facebook page, if you had troubles, you know, we had other writers who would actually step up and try to help you, which was nice because that was kind of like a resource in its own with people that you work with, which is always a nice thing. You know, we could go to Fields of Honor, Honor States, a million and one sites, and we could still miss something that somebody knows, hey, this is a site. And, you know, that I think the biggest resource is having a Facebook page or something for all of us to talk about if we are struggling. That's going to be the biggest resource for any any story, I think. It's like having like a fresh set of eyes on a new, on like a tap, you know, you get kind of bogged down and then you're like, someone jumps in and is like, oh, it's right there. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so that's the kind of the awesome community exactly. that we're, we're building. And it was super fun to have everybody on the call in the Facebook, I mean, on the the Zoom call that we had, um, just to kind of see everyone's face and say, "Hey, we're we're a team doing this together. We're not alone." And do you feel like you were part of something that is just always going to be remembered in in your life as something you look back on? Definitely. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to say we left as. It was kind of like we left as like D-Day family. You know, we joked with each other. You know, it just felt, it felt like great connections. Um, definitely to carry me for the rest of my life. Um, not even just in the U.S. Like we had a volunteer, Matthew, who was actually there on that podcast. Um, you know, I've talked with him. You know, I convinced him to share photos of Normandy, which he did. Um, which was amazing. And it's just, you know, with computer, we can make a whole lot of more of those connections, which just feels so much better, especially now that, you know, D-Day is almost over, you know, and we're, some of us, we are still talking and, you know, getting, Hey, what's going on for the next thing? Even though I don't want to answer that <laughs> right away. Um, but I mean, it is, it's, it's, I've, kind of felt like there's a family out so do you feel like doing this individual research has changed your perspective on history or on world war ii at all like researching individual fallen has changed you at all it definitely has um 
the biggest way it's changed me is to look at the difference between the war then and now. You know, like in Iraq, it's completely different. The men were in completely different situations. You know, even down to the guns, down to the uniforms, down to, you know, the enemy. It's completely different. And World War II was so much more harsh. You know, everybody feel your fears for these soldiers these days, which they do in any right they do have. But back then, you may not have known where yours was. These days, you can get a phone call in two seconds to find out where a soldier is. Um, And that changes your perspective as, you know, military families now that, you know, that those families really do deserve all the recognition in the world for not knowing every minute of every day where their soldier was, you know, just to think, you know, a gunshot didn't just send you home, you know, you kept going, which, you know, that's what this generation keeps doing is we keep going forward, you know, no judgments, you know, just carry forward no matter what. And that's definitely what they had back then is, you know, as hurt as they were, you just fight to that finish line. I really like that, you know, understanding the home front on a deeper level, because like, I hadn't really thought about, you know, we have communication, you can FaceTime, you can, I mean, it's a time difference or, but like you can, we're available, right? Whereas, you know, months and months and months and still, you know, not knowing what happens sometimes. Like, um, I remember one podcast of talking about how the family still didn't know 70 years later how they actually had died. And so they were able to bring that closure to them. So it's like totally different worlds that is like really expands your understanding of the totalitary, the totalness of the war, how it encompassed so many people's lives. Um, so if you had advice for someone who was, on the fence about maybe volunteering or helping out, what would you say to them? You know, nothing, nothing hurts by trying it the first time, you know, I mean, like I tell my kids all the time, you know, you never know until you try it, you know, you never know how much something could mean to somebody else. You know, you could see a veteran on the street that has a world war two hat and you miss a great story. Why not just, you know, being in your comfort zone and saying, thank you, you know, what's your name? You know, it's all about just getting to know something you never knew before. It's that new change. Even a five-minute conversation can change your life. You know, a story can do the same thing. And a story can change, you know, your kid's life. You know, it's, it's a life changer. Well, thank you so much for being willing to help us manage this massive project and help us make this a reality. And uh, thank you so much for all the hours you spent. Um, my dad and I just feel so grateful for our volunteers and just can't express how grateful we are because this project is non-existent without you. And um, just taking on this massive thing and, and doing it is we're just so grateful for it and so grateful for you taking time today and kind of talking to us and helping us understand a little bit about more of the dj project and 
Do you have anything else you want to add or say to our listeners? Um, as tough as some stories are, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. You know, you're, you could be doing this for a family that you don't know that, you know, down the line, one of your kids could know. Um, and when you come into stories behind the stars, you're not leaving a, just a friend, you're leaving his family. Thank you for listening to the Stories Behind the Stars podcast. We're so grateful you're here with us today. If you like this content, please consider subscribing. Please consider donating on storiesbehindthestars.org or even better yet, volunteering to help write these stories. We're so grateful for all of our many volunteers who are making this project happen. And if you have a story you think needs to be on this podcast, contact us at contactstoriesbehindthestars.org.